0: Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach.
1: I remember years ago, Jocelyn, I heard her telling somebody that she reads the Bible uh, until she hears Jesus. And I knew what she meant, but I thought, I never really would have framed it in those words. But I'll never forget it, because it was one of those moments that impacted me, and I'm like, yeah, she just identified something that, uh, that I've experienced but didn't know what it was. Okay? And so, but now I think of that all the time. Uh, so we've been talking about, what have we been talking about this year? Jason. Jesus be in the center. How about that? You got it. Your hand went up first. Mm-hmm. Give you a prize, but I don't have any with me. <laughs> Well, I'll, so I was, you know, been thinking about that, and I'm, I'm looking for Jesus as I read. And of all places, I'm reading uh, a familiar passage, and I want to I start there today and, and, and kind of take off on a, on a couple of the verses. So we're in, if you want to put that one up, please, Nick, we're in a uh, familiar story in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to... Can we start with uh, verse uh, 41? Are we 41? Yeah, okay, there we go. Uh, now, his parents went... This is Jesus. It's talking about Jesus when he's age 12. You guys know this, so it's going to be kind of review, but I want to share with you what I got out of it. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. Keep going. And when he became 12 they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, "'Son,' Why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father, lowercase F, behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you know did you not know that I had to be in my father, my father's capital F house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, that's where they, that was their hometown, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Here's my verse And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. As I was reading this, uh, just kind of, you know, going through that uh, book of Matthew, I mean Luke, rather, uh, this verse was highlighted. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus kept increasing. He didn't just increase a little, he kept increasing. I love that, he kept increasing. So you can imagine the, uh, you know, uneasiness that his parents had, right? I mean, Jesus is 12. He's a boy, a young boy, coming of age, because in the Jewish culture, you know, about 13, they have a bar mitzvah, which, it means, which means son of the commandment. So it's kind of like an official-type ceremonial thing where they kind of pass into young manhood, and they're allowed in the temple then, not in just the court, but they're allowed to go to be into the temple. But his parents, I mean, so they must have had a big pretty big party, right? I mean, a pretty big caravan. If they're like a day's journey and they don't, they're like, oh, everything's cool. He's probably with this friend. He's probably back there with Levi or hanging out with Caleb or something like they're always together. You know, something like that. His parents weren't worrying. But when they couldn't find him, after a day, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. And it was like, they didn't find him right away. Three days did <laughs> yeah, you, you hear what Diane, Diane said? Something, you don't want to lose the Son of God. <laughs> but seriously, for three days, they're looking for him. Well, you know, what's that, what's that remind you of? Three days in the tomb, they were looking for Jesus, right? So it's kind of an interesting little parallel there, right? So they find him, of all places in the temple. It's like they didn't go there first. They, you know, they probably went to the uh, falafel shack or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, they went. Where's the ice cream? What kind of ice cream? Where do they have uh, g- Giletto or something like what? Come on, they got some. What kind of ice cream do they have in Jerusalem? It's good. It's pistachio. pistachio kosher ice cream. Yeah, they probably went there. You know, but they finally decided. Oh, gee, where? Well, let's try the temple. Yeah, I you know, and sure enough, there he is, twelve years old, twelve year old boy, their twelve year old son. He's in the temple of all places, and, and he's he's not by himself. You know what I mean? He's not looking at the architecture. He is like engaging with the the the, the temple guys, right? He's, he's 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 talking with them and he's asking questions, and they're amazed. At this 12-year-old boy. I mean, and that's a crazy story, right? Yeah. And so his mother says, son, where have you been? And I were looking for you. So she's, she's seeing him, she's relating to the to the I mean. This is gonna, you know, you're gonna they're gonna get it talking to when you get home okay, or on the way home, whatever. But, but Jesus, he's, he gives her an odd answer, right? He says, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Not talking about Joseph, right? Yeah. Talking about his father. He's 12. We think, well, he's, he's God, he knows everything. Yeah, he's also human. He's 100% God and he's 100% human. I don't think, you know, as a newborn, you know, he knew everything. I, you know, to be 100% human allows that he learns through experience. Some things he learns through experience. Think, oh, he knows everything. Well, he couldn't be tempted. If if we read in Scripture, he was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. There's a lot of things that he couldn't have been tempted with if he knew everything right off the bat. Right? Can we allow that the the, the human Jesus had to learn some things just by experience? Right? To me, and, and I hope that gives you some... Excitement and some joy because Jesus, I mean, the Father can, you know, Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. I think, you know, God is learning and experiencing stuff in and through us. I think that's why, you know, when Diane said that he would, he would, you know, calm the storm for her, he does love you that much but he also wants to experience you in realizing how much he loves you. Yeah. You, you follow me? Yeah. That's for each of you. That's for each of us. When we just do what, what, what Diane uh, led us into there, where we just just receive in our hearts his love, and then you know what we do? We love him back. Personal worship is fantastic. We can, be, And you guys know that. I just want to let you know I know it, too, okay? I'm learning about it. The shower, when you're taking a walk. Like, I talk to the Lord when I'm walking. I love to walk with the Lord. And you know what I find out? He likes to walk with me. Let's go for a walk. I'm like, yeah, good idea, right? But so, so you know, Jesus, then then what's, uh, what is it? The last two verses, verse 41. Can we, 41, is that... 41, I can't see from here. Okay, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. Uh, No, I'm sorry. My bad. 51. Sorry. And he went down with them to Nazareth. And he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And now 52. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and man. I'd like to take, it's going to take a few minutes here, but I just want to read to you in uh, what the Greek, and we've done this before, what the Greek is in the Greek vis, uh, wisdom, stature, and favor. I want, to, I want to review those just so we can be reminded and re-encouraged as to what is Jesus, Jesus increasing in. He goes down with. He goes back with his parents. He didn't kick up a fuss. He willingly went back with them to Nazareth, back to you know. But he kept increasing. Let's go here. Let me look at my. I got them on my. I got them written down. But I want to go here. You guys okay with this? This is the, the word Sophia. I love this one, Sophia. And let me just read this. It's going to take a a wisdom, broad and full of intelligence, used of the knowledge of very diverse matters, the wisdom which belongs to men, specifically the varied knowledge of things human and divine, acquired by acuteness and experience, and summed up in maxims and proverbs, the science and learning, The act of interpreting dreams and always giving the sagest advice. The intelligence evidenced in discovering the meaning of some mysterious number or vision. Skill in the management of affairs. That sounds pretty good. Who wouldn't want skill in the management of affairs, right? Devout and proper prudence in interaction with men, not disciples of Christ. Oh, skill and discretion in in imparting Christian truth, the knowledge and practice of the, the requisites for godly and upright living. That sounds good. Supreme intelligence, such as belongs to God, to Christ. The wisdom of God as evidence in forming and executing councils in the formation and government of the world and the scriptures. That's Sophia. That's Sophia. The Greek word Sophia. That's one of the three things that Jesus kept increasing in. Let's take a look at the other one. Another one here. Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature. This is halakia, age, time of life, age, term or length of life, adult age, maturity, suitable age for anything, metaphorically of an attained state fit for a thing, stature, that is in height and comeliness of stature. I like this of an attained state fit for a thing. Jesus, at age twelve, okay, he's he's he, it, it says he was in the temple talking with the scribes, with the Pharisees, uh, asking questions. He was he was curious. Are you curious? Yeah. How curious are you? Oh, very curious. When when we talk about I'll just do a little sidebar before we go to the other, uh, the other word there. As we've been talking about Jesus as center, a question that has been uh, kind of not nagging at me, but just popping up once in a while in my thinking is, okay, if Jesus is center, what's he doing there? What's Jesus doing in the center? What's he thinking about? Well, you know what? He's thinking about the Father. Jesus is in love with the Father, and the Father is in love with the Son. Jesus, at age 12, let us in on clued us in on this. He said, didn't you know, didn't you guys know? I must be about my Father's house. I must be about my Father's business. I must be about my Father's, whatever's on my, I'm, I'm I'm like, I'm interested in what's going on with my Father. What interests him interests me. He's 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 the perfect son. I think that's fascinating, okay? He said, didn't you know this? Didn't you guys know that if I'm the center of your attention right now, I'm centered on my father? (laughs) Didn't you know that? You with me? So if I'm going to be aware of Jesus as the center... I should be aware that Jesus is aware and focused on the Father. To me, that's a blessing. That's a good clue for me. Favor. Let's look at favor. You guys okay? Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. That's Sophia. Stature, that's Helikia. And favor, this is charis. Oh, the word charis. Are Dylan and Karis here today? No, they're not here today. Dylan's back with the kids? I think of Dylan and Karis every time I think of the word Karis because I think of the way that Dylan uh, honors and cherishes Karis. You guys have seen it. And it's such an encouragement to me. And it's, it's, it's a... Uh, It's it's a reminder to me, and I kind of it. It's like, do you cherish grace that much? When grace comes into your life, you know the law was given by Moses, right? But grace and truth came by Jesus, and I want to tell you, grace and truth is still coming by Jesus. When we focus on Jesus, increasingly available. Who would say, hey, I got enough grace. I don't need any more grace, God. I got enough here. That causes me to repent, to go back and repent and repent and re-repent. Favor. Favor is Karis Now listen to this. We're just reviewing these, okay? Sweetness, charm, loveliness, grace of speech. Goodwill, loving kindness knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercises of the Christian virtues. Oh, don't we? For benefits, for services, for favors, for recompense and reward. Thanks. That one. Another little sidebar on that word thanks. Am I the only one in here who has... That's an evidence that focusing on Jesus as center... Is having an effect increasing? Because I, ch- I checked out several different versions. Okay, kept increasing. Is the, word, the Greek word prokopto, by hammering, forging, to promote, go further, to go forward, to advance, proceed. Whenever w- we were talking about wisdom, wisdom is uh, foundational, wisdom is forward, and wisdom is... It didn't say he stopped increasing. And that's my question. Is is Jesus still increasing today? Increasing. We know what he's increasing in. He's increasing in those words that we're still increasing. So if you've invited Jesus into your life, and I hope you have, and if you come a little closer, Jesus says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you, right? He said, come a little closer. He didn't say, like, I never... Have you, have you ever heard Jesus say, whoa, you're close enough. Don't get too close. You know, you sit down beside somebody, and sometimes you would give them a little bit of space, right? When I was setting up chairs in the place where I work, and one guy told me, he said, don't put them side by side. Give everybody, you know, a few inches. Because we want a little space, you know? Don't invade my space, right? Jesus never says, do not invade my space. Jesus is like... Come on, invade my space. Aren't you glad he's yeah, like that? Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He is really amazing. And he kept increasing. He's still increasing. I think he's still increasing, right? You think he's still increasing, right? Yeah. He's still increasing. I just, I had a little, uh, Reminder, when I read out that uh, definition, Greek word of, of uh, kept increasing or prokopto, is this like a metalsmith uh, working metal. You know, for years I worked with precious metal, and we had a rolling mill. One of our, one of our uh, pieces of equipment was a rolling mill. So we could make a little, uh, we'd make a small silver or gold ingot, and then we'd start to run it through the rolling mill. And you can get them really thin. You can roll them out, but the longer you roll it, the the longer it goes. So you know what? That that word procopto, increasing, okay, it requires some pressure. We don't like pressure. I don't like pressure. I don't want to be pressured into something. But Jesus is still increasing. And he wants to increase through me. And he wants to increase through you. And sometimes the way he increases is through pressure. They're with you. Okay. So Jesus is still increasing through us, his body. We are the body. He said we're the body of Christ. Okay. If Jesus is... But that's just our perception. Because even in the going back, we're going to gain something, and we're going to increase. Because you guys are so kind. OK. We're the body of Christ. Paul wrote, now, now. Everybody say, now. Now you are the body of Christ, First Corinthians 12, 4, uh, 27. It says in Acts 2, chapter 40, I mean, verse 47, be saved. That sounds like increase to me, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. The Lord's adding to the church. That's increase. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about Jesus increasing. Yes, he must be increased. He he, must be increased. That's what John the Baptist. If we can put up Ephesians uh, 4, I've got another verse there, Nick, Ephesians 4. Okay, now you guys, 4 to 13, you guys are familiar with this. Do you guys want to stand up and stretch or anything? Everybody, nobody's sleeping. I mean, if you want to stand up and stretch a little bit, that's okay. I don't mind. Okay. Just don't leave on me. No, if you have to go, you can go. I'm kidding you. Okay. This is a, this is a familiar passage, and we're going to read three, uh, three verses here. And he gave, this is the, you know, Jesus, uh, he, he descended, and then he ascended, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service to to the building up of the body of Christ. That sounds like the increase, doesn't it? The building up of the body of Christ. Look look at this. How long is he going to do this? He's going to do it until we all attain to the unity of man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Okay, keep that one up there. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to, to the measure of the stature, Helakia. we already looked at that one, that's what Jesus is increasing in, which in a minute, because I got something on that here. But do you see this? Okay, until he's th- so Jesus is increasing. Now, I'm, th- I'm just going to give you my, the word until we're thinking, okay, at some point in time, he's going to stop increasing. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the environment. In other words, I don't think Jesus is going to keep, is going to stop increasing. The kingdom is an ever-increasing... He says, I'm not going any further. Yeah, you with me? Yeah. I think it would... Be, I think more... He's like, look, until then we can start the new adventure. Because I'll tell you what, an adventure. He's like, I don't want to be invisible anymore. I want to be seen. And says, you guys are hung up on sin and guilt and all that stuff. Well, I'll take care of it. Because I want you with me. Because my intention are to increase and keep increasing. And we've got things to do. And it's going to be good. Because I'm good. I tell you, guys, I'm so glad you're here. Seriously. It's a blessing to me. Not just because I'm speaking, okay? Because it shows your faith. I didn't go back to... I didn't finish on this. How are we doing? You know, I make an outline, then I go off track, right? That's what I do. Guys are so gracious. I want to go back to that word, uh, fullness. I'm glad you left that up. Thank you. May, uh, to a mature man, to the measure of the statue which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Word fullness, pler- pleroma... Okay, one of the one of the uh, meanings of that one of the, it, it's related to a ship full of sailors. A ship full of sailors. What's that got to do with fullness? Well, you know, it's like a ship full of rowers, fully staffed. You know, they got all these oars. And if nobody's working them, they're not going to move. But when they're full of people, everybody's in position. Everybody's in position. And they're doing their best. They're doing, don't you want to be the best you? How many in here want to be the best you? I mean, really. You know, and, and you know what? Yes, what we do sometimes is we settle for second best. We're like, I'm good. And I get it because I'm not, I, you know, I, I get it. It's like, I'm good. I'm Hold up, Jesus. I'm good here. You know what I mean? But then, you know, what happens? Something, you know, oh, hell breaks loose. And next thing you know, I'm on my knees. Oh, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's like, you got me. But now you're paying attention. a ship full of sailors. I want that. Which belongs to the fullness of Christ. See, that's the fullness of Christ. Christ is like yes important because Jesus is increasing in and through you and I want to tell you he's doing it with go around go around again right but you guys are coming with me he's not willing that any should perish guys he's in with your brothers and sisters right and you can do it because Jesus is increasing in and through us. Jesus. Jesus is not doing it alone he said "Now you're coming with me okay Yes. I'm ready. Can you go to 14 then in that Ephesians 4? Well, the imagery there is. Here, here we go. We're no longer children tossed here and there oh, people. yes. Yes. Don't We are no longer. See, yeah, we're no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of dawn. We'll finish down to the. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper work growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Do you see how important you are? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm backtracking. You might feel that way, but it's not true. You can hold together. There's things. There's people that only you can pull alongside. If you have to, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you might have to. I have to get on my case. I'm not going to let you myself. What well, I say to myself, traitor, you idiot. What are you doing? Seriously, I'm not lying to you guys. I wouldn't lie to you. So how many want to increase with Jesus? Let me see your hands. We'll do this, right? Don't you want to increase with Jesus? Yes. I got a lot of time. We're going to leave early. Let me touch on a couple other things real quick, Okay. Do you want to stretch? Do you need to get up and stretch? Yes, get up and stretch. Yes, Matt. Come on, guys, stretch. It's been a half an hour good. Yeah, there you go. Just Jason wanted to. See, come on. It's good, right? Yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? Everybody's stretching a little bit. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, come on up. That would be great. Can we get you a mic? No, you need a mic. I'm serious. want to hear you. Yes, thank you. Jen, seriously, thank you. Just be patient. We...
0: Yes, seriously. Tap tap
1: tap. Okay.
0: So I just have a thought while you were talking. Um, So I appreciate how you said, as Jesus's parents were looking for him. Sorry, I'm trying to find a space where that's not. (laughs) No, forget
1: it. (laughs) So,
0: uh, so you you can imagine, I'm sure they're going to all these childlike places to look for him kind of set that stage and I appreciate that but where he was he was in the temple learning and where my thoughts went when you shared that is I think our children are capable of so much more Mm -hmm. than what we expect of them sometimes put them in the place sometimes Mm -hmm. and so they want to learn and they're naturally curious and then when you defined Um, the one Greek word and and you said pressure, I think sometimes when we just have more adult-like conversations with them, Mm -hmm. we put them in this place of, it's a little bit more pressure. I don't want us to think of pressure, but just when we engage in those kinds of conversations, it it expands their (coughs) little minds and it puts them in that place of pressure, but it, it fills them with wisdom as we have that interaction with them. So where my heart was and then when you then went into the whole concept of growing as a team, I think we just have to embrace, as a family of believers, to come together in community, to invite our children into that, and together we're increasing. I think that's the way Jesus increases, is we increase together as adults in community, but then we have to invite our children to participate in that. I think sometimes we compartmentalize that way too much, where we have to invite them in. And when we do, that's where a true increase it doesn't matter if they're is. Amen. Does that make sense? It yeah, makes, a, makes sense. a... Beautiful.
1: Thank you, Jen. Beautiful. Yeah, because we're, gonna, we're supposed to increase together, right? We're supposed to increase together. We're too separate in our world. We are.
0: Make terrible wonderful too.
1: And that's what Jesus does. All you who labor and are heavy laden, all of you, come to me. Rest. You'll find rest into your souls. Oh, we could stop here.
0: But wait, there's more. Call <laughs> oh, now! Call oh, now! Call oh,
1: now! Oh, that's good, Jason. That's good. But burn. Thank you, Jason. Set me up for another five minutes or so. That wasn't planned, by the we'll get way.
0: To that in a little bit by birds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so some things, some takeaways, maybe, uh, and I'll just highlight these. Some takeaways that we might say, okay, how can I maybe be on, more on board or in line with this kept-increasing theme, okay? One thing that struck me was, uh, and Jen already alluded to it, uh, mentioned it there, where, you know, Jesus was willing, uh, you know, when his parents, you know, questioned him then, and, well, he went back with them, Home, and I saw that as willing, willful submission to God-given authority in the context of a family promotes or leads to maturity. In our world today, we don't have a lot of that. Sad to say, okay? I mean, like the biological family... The nuclear family is we know is not just threatened but it's under attack. Right? Two parents at home, kids having dinner together. That's on the decline statistically. But God Jesus is still increasing. See, Jesus doesn't take his eyes off the Father. It's going to happen. But willful submission to God-given authority in the context of a family promotes or leads to maturity. So, now, if there's... So, if there's no willful submission, well, then it's going to take longer. But God always gets his person, I believe, to God-given authority. Well, some of... Okay, probably a lot of you in here grew up in a Christian family. But maybe many, uh, some of you didn't. That's okay. God still loves you. He still knows you. He still knows where you are, and he can still bless you, and he will still bless you, and he'll, he'll still work through you. He'll meet you where you are, pull you closer, and go forward together with you. So that's why church family is so important. Now, I'll tell you about my, my You know, my mom was Catholic. My dad was Protestant. I was conceived, you know, several months before they were married. That's a whole different issue for me, okay? And their decision was they didn't go to church. But they sent myself and my two younger sisters to church, the Disciples of Christ Church. Well, you know, I was on board with that some and not so much some, okay? Especially when I got to be about 14 and my mother was in the hospital a lot, well, I pretty much could do my own thing, you know? Whew, that wasn't good. But I look back now as an adult and I see the seeds that were sown in the church family. I remember those dear people, how much they loved us and cared for us. Okay? Jesus says he set the solitary in families. We read this in scripture. He puts the solitary in families. So church is a good thing, okay? Jesus went, he went to the place of authority where he thought his, he knew his father was the focus of attention. He was welcomed there. His parents came and said, you know, what have you been doing, you know? Didn't you know we were looking for you? And then he went back with them, okay? And then we read, next thing you know, he's, he's uh, continuing to increase. He kept increasing. Jesus prioritized his relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's just, that's a no-brainer, but <laughs> it needs to be emphasized. We need to spend time with God. Just, short story, spend time with God. Just practice talking to him all the time. Good idea, Jason. In case you didn't hear it, Jason said, not just talking to him, but listening to him. That's probably the bigger thing. And that's probably a cue for me to back down. I'll give you my other couple. Jesus responded to love's attraction. He no doubt read or was familiar with Jeremiah thirty-one, three. Yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. That's what Jesus is doing. He's still doing that. He's drawing you with loving kindness. Let him draw others through you. Can you just decide to be more loving? Yeah. We like to preach more than... Show, we like to tell more than we show. You know what I mean? I know we're learning, Jason. Yeah. I'll do my last one real quick, okay? Jesus delighted to do God's will. Psalm 40, verse 8. Psalm 40 is a messianic psalm. A lot of uh, prophetic statements relating to Jesus. I delight to do your will, O God. Yea, your law is within my heart. Can we stand? Please? I delight to do your will, O God. This is what Jesus' heart was, is. I delight to do your will, O God. Be honest with yourself. Do you delight to do God's will? The one who created you, the one who formed you, the one who knew you even before you were in your mother's womb, the one who loves you with an everlasting love, the one who showed you personally, how much he loves you by going to the cross for you, paying for your sins, your mistakes, your failures, your shortcomings. Suffered and died for you. Poured his blood out for you. Was buried and rose again three days later for you. Ascended to heaven, sent his spirit for you and now, even now, calls you and draws you closer to himself in everlasting love for you, as Diane said, for you. Can you just be honest? Will you just be honest in your heart before God? I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but this is the beauty of church and coming together where we can pray together. And we can let the Spirit of the Lord encourage us. Will you just kind of do an assess, do a self assessment at how much you delight to do God's will? And then, if you feel so inclined to say, just from your heart to God, I want to delight more in doing your will. I want to delight more in doing your will, O God. I want to believe more that your will is good for me and good for us. I want to believe more that I really am important, that I'm really here for a reason. I'm not a blip on the radar screen. I'm not an accident waiting to happen. I'm here for a reason. Just from your heart to God. And if you would say, but I need help in wanting to do your will more. I can't do it on my own, Lord. Because I get distracted so easy. I go off course like, So quick. I need help in doing your will and wanting to delight in your will. Will you help me, Lord? I know you will. Now just receive him right now. Just receive his goodness, receive his help. Now give him some thanks. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of coming together like this. This is a beautiful thing, Lord, that you have designed here. And I mean the church at large, and I mean the fact that we have, you know, this local gathering of people who love you and want to love you more and want to delight in your will. I just thank you. We thank you. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap or something? I mean, yay, Jesus, right? Yay, Jesus, you're so good. Guys, I want to just thank you. You guys are amazing. And I just speak blessing in the name of Jesus over you guys. Go and have a good week and let Jesus increase in and through you for God's sake. Will you do it? I know you will. Thank you.
0: World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.